As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. The Kansas City Chiefs are off this week because they secured the first round bye on the AFC side as we get ready for the NFL playoffs to begin on Saturday. But we're here nonetheless, at least two-thirds of it. Joshua Briscoe and Nate Taylor with you. Uh, right now we got uh, Seth Kaiser, DNP Old is currently how I have him on mm. the spreadsheet. Uh, but I, I have a feeling, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and bring us to this now. I have a feeling that unlike Mike Williams, we're going to manage Seth's workload smartly where he can be a contributor for us in the playoffs. Um, Brandon Staley today quoted uh, by uh, Bridget Condon here on Twitter. Brandon Staley says Mike Williams will travel with the team and he's officially questionable for the game. Quote, the reps aren't what matter. The rest is. Nate, you're a professional journalist, um, reporter. You've been in a lot of lot of press conference rooms, asked a lot of questions, heard a lot of answers. Yep. I want you to genuinely, to the best of your abilities, try to put yourself in the shoes of a Chargers reporter hearing that answer in a live setting. I just want to know how you, a professional journalist, would handle that. Um, it's a great question. By the way, this quote comes with no admission of guilt about last week, <laughs> correct? That, no as admission. As far as I have seen, no. No, no, no real self-awareness on the reps that Mike Williams got last week in a meaningless game as opposed to the rest that matters. No, I, no sense of irony as far as I can tell here. Oh, okay. Well, you know, um, my reaction... Would be, how in the world am I going to ask this follow-up? How, God? <laughs> how? To where, I don't want to embarrass you, but coach. um, You know, and that happens more than I think um, maybe some people realize when you're talking and interviewing guys, obviously, um, at a competitive at a pretty consistent frequency during a season um, that you're trying to uh, both be reasonable and also 
inquisitive in sort of the right professional manner. Obviously, there are times of levity, um, and I feel like those are super duper important. Mm-hmm. And yet, I guess my thinking is like, what would be my follow up? And I guess this is this is me thinking um, in in audible real time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Cause I've been doing other stuff, but anyway, it's just like, so, all right. Um, what are my strategies? I'm, I don't know. This is more journalism one-on-one. And I've, I've actually told this to, to younger, uh, aspiring journalists. It's just like, all right, if I'm too, um, paralyzed momentarily by what the coach or the person just said. So if I'm, if I'm like, wait, what? What if you are what downloading it? and uploading and processing <laughs> yeah, wait, what and exporting? Did he, what did he just say? Did he just say the rest is what matters? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna uh, let- while you continue calibrating here. I just saw this also just like two minutes after the original tweet from again Bridget Condon. Quote: I stand behind what we did in that football game. Quote: I didn't want anybody to get hurt in that game, regardless of their status. So as all of this is happening, you know there might be some other topics. Yeah, discussed um, or that are asked to the coach. I'm always willing to circle back around, guys. Sometimes, yeah, you need, that's good. Sometimes some, you need that. Sometimes you you need to like reframe yourself before you ask. And by the way, this is also like this works in relationships. This works in <laughs> job interview slash you know uh, annual evaluations. Like, hold on, I heard you say that earlier, and like. I took a couple deep breaths. I thought about it, contemplated on it a little bit, and now I'm gonna just I'm gonna just circle back to it, um, which is what I would have done here in this case. I just I just would have said something to the effect of like, with having all the information now, with this now being <laughs> <laughs> this now being said, Coach. Um, my question is, was Mike cool with this? Like. And I know the player has That's to perform uh, because that is what he's contractually obligated to do. But in the in the overall grand picture of the season, and obviously what matters most is um, how do you handle Mike knowing that he might not play in the most important game or that he might play at a more um, diminished uh, form? you know, compared to like, if he had not, if he had just gotten a rest, how do you manage the player now, given the decisions that have been made? And I don't know if anybody did that. Again, this is just me really, again, thinking through all this the best I can um, as you present it, which I hope is, you know, informative and entertaining. It's great. At the same time. But, but that's more or less what I would have probably gotten to. How can I both take this man's answer for what it is, Mm-hmm. And then, you know, try to expand on it to some degree because, um, guys, if he doesn't play and he doesn't play well, the Chargers might lose yeah. to, to the Jaguars. Like he's yeah, their that, season could just end. Yeah, he's that important. Um, and I know that that matters for Chiefs fans just because I think a lot of Chiefs fans are somewhat apprehensive. I get it. Like, it's hard beating a team three straight times if their quarterback is not the third string quarterback. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills. Um, Mm -hmm. but if Justin Herbert, you know, is healthy and obviously playing at a high level and the Chargers win, then yes, it's more than likely that the Chargers will play the Chiefs because I think it's okay to assume. I think it's 
reasonable to predict that the Buffalo Bills are playing an additional week of the regular season. It just so happens to be in the postseason. Um, yeah. they, they, they're, getting, they're getting their first round by, actually, after all of this. It's just by yeah. playing Skylar Thompson's Dolphins. So, Not hey, a shot at our beloved K-State listeners. Hey, Skylar Thompson has had, a, had an amazing season. He is a Miami, Dolph- Miami Dolphins legend. That that jersey's in the rafters, okay? They ain't taking it down. It's just, hey, you got us to the playoffs. And you might get us blown out in the playoffs. But, hey, you know, sometimes that's that's just the way the the game goes. He probably won't won't have the worst AFC quarterbacking performance of the weekend, if I had to guess. (sighs) Which also leads us to say that, ladies and gentlemen, Lamar Jackson is probably not going to play this weekend. Probably not going to play. And the thing that I have said on the airways prior to this recording is they don't need to get on the plane. They don't need to get on the bus. They just need to stay in Baltimore. (laughs) And it's not a criticism of Lamar Jackson. It's just like, Hey, if he's not healthy, um, I'm sorry, he's a free agent, which also means they're going to do the most diabolical thing, which is franchise tag him. And I'm sure those conversations will go swimmingly over the next few weeks and months. Um, so if we don't project the, the Bengals to have, a stressful time similar to the Bills, then yeah, Chargers Jaguars becomes immensely important um, for the Chiefs, you know, expected opponent. Um, if the two and the three seeds do what they are supposed to do in terms of handling their business. Um, obviously, we know Mike Williams has like Hall of Fame numbers when he plays the Chiefs. But if he's not playing in the first game, they might not even get the they might not earn the right to play the Chiefs. And so, damn. Um, I never said Brendan Staley was a genius, Josh. But also, <laughs> he ain't. You, I don't know. He he started off, I thought, with a level of conviction that I honestly could admire. And yeah. and now it's just, you better, you better scheme it up on defense. You better give Trevor Lawrence the work. Yeah, Trevor. If Trevor Lawrence is not in hell in this game, uh, I don't. I don't know how I make the case for Brandon Staley. And like a year and change ago, I I was buying stock in Brandon Staley. And then I've learned some more information about the fella, and I'm currently seeing if there's someone else who would like to buy those stocks. <sighs> uh, this this is a, a little bit uh, far afield from where this conversation started, but I just wanted to make the point that I I was I kind of we've talked about this a little bit. And uh, I've thought about it in vague terms that you are very, very, very good at asking questions that are digging at something without it ever feeling like I'm going to get you. You know, like there's you're, you're very good at couching it in a way that's not that's neither tiptoey nor like, you know, really aggressive for no reason. Mm-hmm. And the real point of that is that if if anybody in my life, this is can also just be extended to anyone um, even, even if they're not, you know, regular listeners, maybe my friends hear this some point in the future because someone reminds them that I've made this claim on this podcast. Uh, if anyone in my life ever really feels the need to go ahead and step in with an intervention of some sort, I want you to to be the point on that. Oh, because okay. I feel like you could. I feel like you could tell me some really hard truths about myself in a way that wouldn't like destroy my my <laughs> being, my very essence. <laughs> I would. I, I feel w- like it could just be like Josh. We all uh, we all checked your we all checked your switch history, and um, 
It says you've got five thousand hours of Pokemon Scarlet and or Pokemon Violet, and like you know that game's got bugs. Like you beat the main story a long time ago. That's too many hours. Like I feel like you could deliver that message to me in a way that I I wouldn't feel attacked, and I would probably be the most receptive to that. I have not played five thousand hours of Pokemon Violet just to make that very clear to everybody. I beat the main story and it had a nice twist. I enjoyed some things happening in that mm. game very much. But I'm not in intervention territory right now. I don't think. But I w- I'd like to put you in charge of my future intervention, regardless of the topic. Okay. Well, hey, you know, I I, I appreciate you for, for saying that. And, yeah, I try to be as reasonable of a, of a human being as I can. <laughs> if, if the interv- limits on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, my loved ones might say otherwise. <laughs> uh, but, no, I think I think you try to... You know, obviously, this this silly form allows people to know me um, in a way that is, I think, uh, true in in our essence. All of us, all three of us. Um, yes, the fact that we had a text exchange where Josh was like, "Let's go," and Seth was like, "You know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> you know what? Mike Williams is dealing with back problems. I'm dealing right. with age. <laughs> so, uh, guys." Uh, can I get a rest? And you know, to to our credit, uh, me and Josh convened. We we really really dig through the analytics. We we listened to we what the doctors said. You know, obviously we let you know th- we let them lead the discussion, and for everybody's ears mm-hmm. and for our success, we had to make sure that um, that that Seth really really needed the time he needs to get ready for um, you know. Chiefs insert team here week next week. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and so we, we, we will play out this, this, uh, bi week action and, and just try not to get hurt. Um, I mean, look, my, I've had back soreness from carrying this show for years. <laughs> and you don't hear me complaining about it. Mostly because it's not true. That would have been a better joke for you to make, but no. you're not mean spirited enough to do it. So I'm also not professional it. enough to to lead any discussion on any podcast. <laughs> don't ever. All right, fair enough. Don't ever ask me to do that, guys. It's fair enough. That, it's hard. Hey, it's hard enough. I'm uh, leading. I'm leading us to two topics before we crack open the mailbag because yeah. there are some heaters here today that I'm I'm excited to do. And kind of in the the prism of the playoffs. But first things first. Being we've already kind of covered. The news of it all. Tua is out. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is very unlikely to play at this point. I don't think he's technically out as we record this right now. Mm-hmm. But Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins and Lamar Jackson looking very unlikely. Huntley hasn't been throwing. Very unlikely. So things are looking rough on the lower-seeded AFC team quarterbacking fronts. Then the exception being that the Chargers have Justin Herbert, but do they have Mike Williams? We'll we'll find that out. Uh, but ultimately, if the Bills and Bengals both win, they'll play each other in the next round. Also, PSA, if anybody missed it today, the neutral site AFC Championship game would be in Atlanta. NFL has announced today. Uh, so if it's Chiefs-Bills, and only if it's Chiefs-Bills, it would be in Atlanta. If it's anywhere else, it'll just be at the home field of the higher seed. So Correct. Let's, let's, for the sake of brevity and this being a Chiefs podcast, let's go ahead and assume that the Bengals and Bills win those games, because if they don't, it'll shake up everything. But if that ends up happening in, in Saturday night when the Chargers and Jags play, we won't know Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Bengals. Who should Chiefs fans be rooting for Saturday night when the Chargers and Jags kick off? Obviously, the Chiefs are 3-0 and against those two teams, two against the Chargers by, I think, six total points, and then that game against the Jags. But maybe a little bit of a different version of the Jags than they appear to be right now. 
so obviously we've had all week to think about this. Um, you know, because of the divisional aspect of Chiefs Chargers, but the exceptional high level we should just shake hands and make it a one square game to start the fourth quarter, right? Um <laughs> element to this. Again, I can understand Chiefs fans trepidations to this. Um As of right now, I would pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. Mm. Doug Peterson has done a sneaky, amazing coaching job with with Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence. And so now it becomes, can Trevor Lawrence just make the throws, you know, with the backdrop of the pressure of playing in the postseason? I, I really believe that the Jaguars were served by playing Tennessee last week. Um, you don't have you have a a second year head coach and a quarterback playing his first postseason game. When you get to the postseason, I really believe that the coaching and the quarterback just get more magnified for obvious reasons. They are the most important positions. Um, on a football team when it obviously comes to coaching and obviously those uh, who are executing the game plan on the field. Um, Josh Allen is really good. The other Josh Allen. And I don't really yeah. say that, but I, it's just, the Jags, Josh Allen, right. is really good. Um, I think both of these teams were going to probably get into the red zone. And I think who operates better in the red zone wins. I think the Jaguars have more creative plays in the red zone or more options to score. The Chargers probably have the best red zone player in Austin Eckler. And my goodness. I mean, the thing about the Chargers is there's going to be so much weight on Eckler's shoulders. Obviously, Justin Herbert. Um, Can Khalil Mack, like, have one of those games? Uh, Because that'll be important. Um they played earlier this year and it was not close. And I know part of that is because Justin Herbert was recovering or trying his best to manage the rib injury that he had um, against the Chiefs in the first meeting in that Thursday night game. I know Chiefs fans probably don't want the Chargers, and I'm more and more thinking that they might not have to worry about that because Jacksonville will be at home. Um, Trevor Lawrence is in some ways, just as good as Justin Herbert. Um, and it'll be, a, it'll be quite the accomplishment for the, for the chargers to, again, travel halfway across the country on a Saturday. It's Saturday night. And again, have a first time playoff experience for both the head coach and the quarterback to win that game. I I just, it's gonna it's gonna be a really fun game. It's probably one of the ones that I'm like most looking forward to, yeah. <laughs> especially in the AFC. Um, the I think the most interesting game that I'm thinking about on the NFC is <laughs> what is Brian Table and Mike Kafka gonna cook up? Because oh my god, <laughs> the coordinator you didn't mention is Wink Martindale from that right? team. Like oh! that, I mean. Oh! Mm. You talking about one game samples? 
And if, you're, and if we're talking about any team other than the Vikings, I'm not as interested. But we're not. We're talking about the Vikings. So. But again, Vikings or Vikings Giants. Can we just shake hands and put it out as a one-score game with eight minutes left on the clock? Like, I'm rejecting the offer that? on that one because I want to see what happens in the 52 minutes leading up to it. Because at some point, that game might be 24 to nothing, and, and it will still be a one-score game. It'll, yes, left. and it'll still be one And if you're just tuning in. Uh, but no, I... I think Chiefs fans will be probably rooting for Jacksonville. But I don't know if Chiefs fans really understand that Jacksonville has gotten so much better from the last time yeah. they played the Chiefs. So I'm not going to be surprised if the if the Jaguars win. And I think it'll be, I, I, it'll be quite the accomplishment overcoming the circumstances that they kind of placed on themselves if the Chargers, if the Chargers win on Saturday night. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I have – from the beginning have sort of been leaning chargers just in terms of you, you, when you talk about coaching quarterback, I'd take the Jags coach and I would take the chargers quarterback, even though I, I like Trevor Lawrence quite a bit. Uh, I would rather the chiefs end up with the Jags because I think that they have a, maybe a lower ceiling at this point, or maybe it's just ghosts of weird chargers games. Um, but I would, I would be happy to see the Jags win and advance and then come to Arrowhead next week. Cause I think, some storylines and that would be very fun with Doug Peterson and I think the Chiefs would win that game saying comfortably is silly because they don't do a lot of things comfortably <laughs> but I think that they are the better team by a, a nice margin on on that squad even though you're at the, the the other Josh Allen and the rest of that defense a little frisky and could could make some things a little stressful I think I'd be more stressed about the the, the Chargers for a third time though yeah and, I, and again I think that's I think that's that totally makes sense to me um because the benefit for the Chargers if they win and get out of it relatively healthy or if Mike Williams plays and gets another week to, like, you know, nurse his body back to, you know, closer to being 100% as, as it can be for this late in the season, they don't have any fear about going to Arrowhead, you know, or the mystique yeah. of Arrowhead. Um, now, some of that gets somewhat tarnished by what the Bengals did as a young team who did it for the first time last year in the AFC Championship game. Um but yeah, the familiarity between the Chiefs and Chargers would make would make the margin of error very, very tricky. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Uh, the the other thing I just want to at least kind of give the uh, the the chance to to direct people over to the athletic. And if you're not subscribed, which I don't know how you could have made it this far without being subscribed to the athletic, but theathletic.com slash times ours will take you to a sign up deal there. Um, you you've written about the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the ancient quarterback in this <laughs> class. Um, on the AFC side, obviously, there's there's a handful of dudes on the NFC side, or certainly more than Patrick Mahomes. But of the projected starters, and even if it was Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa, all of those guys would be younger or are younger than Patrick Mahomes. He is, as he is quoted here and, and has talked about uh, in the uh, whatever day that he talked Monday, I guess. Yeah, Monday. Um, I am literally the oldest quarterback in the AFC. Is one hilarious, two terrifying on an existential level. Uh, kind of makes you grapple with your mortality a little bit, and uh, not a huge fan of that part of it. But you wrote about that up in the Athletic right now. Again, people ought to just go check it out and, and kind of go through the the details of it all. But but what about that drew you to uh, to that as a topic, and, and what did you what did you ferret out from the uh, the story itself? Yeah, it's just again as I as I said earlier, you know, if it comes down the coach and quarterback like the chiefs wildly have the the most veteran um well-established people at both positions um and they have home field advantage unless the bills advance to the championship game along with the chiefs so um despite everything that's going to occur over the weekend um i think it's our duty and our responsibility to remind chiefs fans that like the team is in a great position <laughs> before any of this chaos and and obviously high level of play starts. Um, what I take away from it though, Josh, is that and I and I wrote this in the story, but I'll just mention it here. Um, the more playoff experience you have as you're entering your prime, which is obviously Mahomes' case, is you just see stuff. You just you just see more examples of how a game can. Uh, go haywire, how a game can be rescued. Um, Strategically, you know, the Bengals did a wonderful job last year of saying, hey, um, we want to extend, we want him to actually extend plays because um, we can't cover Tyreek Hill anyway, so we just need the extra guy. So obviously they dropped eight a lot. Um, It was the first time Mahomes had seen that much of a coverage switch in a game. Um, Really, I believe, in his postseason career. Um, and obviously he performed poorly at that. Well, now he has experience as to what to do with that. You know, one of the things that you look up from a statistical place and um, <laughs> I I wrote it this way just because um, I think it, it shows like how ridiculous uh, Mahomes is at processing and making, you know, pretty sound decisions within the offense uh, that is obviously well built out, but basically, Josh, what's the best coverage you could do against the Chiefs this season? This season in particular? This season in particular. What is the most effective defensive coverage? Like, if yo dudes aren't getting home immediately, what's the yeah. best way to cover this team? Because I think the question um, will have a wild answer to it, but I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how you would ask – any defense arm and okay maybe the the Bengals are probably the best defense not the Chiefs in the AFC that is healthy and functional or doesn't have like a major injury to it or guys coming back from injury which is like the case with the Bills um 
What's the best coverage against this offense? I don't really know. I don't know that I do have I'm you you have a bunch of stuff here in the story that I I'm guessing will give you your your best argument. I think what we have seen in terms of pray to God you get there, otherwise just drop whoever you can. That got a little bit out ahead of itself over the course of the offseason, but I'd probably go that direction, even though I know that teams are trying to get to him with blitzes more often. That mm-hmm. is not what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um maybe they'll maybe they'll just uh zone it out and and try to try to pass some of these dudes along but i i don't think there's a great answer to this question i'm i'm curious what your best answer is i think you're on the right path i think you have to blitz him once out of every five dropbacks for about 20 percent just to keep it fresh ish and obviously bring your best like don't bring this week Hey, he's in the A gap. He might come. Like right. the, none of that right. nonsense. No, no, you're, you are coming or backing up. <laughs> right, your feet are moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this. No, no, no. The stuff that Bill Belichick did in that 2018 AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. No, mm-hmm. dog. As Seth mm-hmm. has said before, he figured that out in a half by halftime. <laughs> by <That's> halftime. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, bring your breast stuff. Run it about 18 to 20 percent. I think you do play more zone. Actually, um, then, man, uh, as I put in the story, um, among quarterbacks who have started at least 15 games this season, so that's usually the guys who've made the playoffs or are playing at a high level or have not been injured, um, Mahomes has faced man-to-man coverage on 33% of his dropbacks. That's way too high. Incredibly high. It is the highest rate in the league, um, according to True Media and Pro Football Focus. Now, I think you should probably play more zone. I think your zone's got to be really exotic, and I think guys have to be able to pass off receivers at a really high level and come up and make the tackle. Like, obviously, the Chiefs secretly are one of the better teams at, like, yards after the catch. Um, yeah, they got a bunch of yak monsters, and which, again, you're right, it quietly, because that's not been the leading topic of conversation. Yeah. Um This was also funny. So Mahomes has been blitzed on 22.4% of his dropbacks. So I'm asking... The better defenses to slightly dip that just a little bit, get 18 to 20%, um, which is the ninth highest rate among quarterbacks, obviously, who have played 15 or more games. Um, so he's being blissed at a high rate for someone who is um, reliable. Mm-hmm. The three most coverages that Mahomes and the Chiefs have seen is essentially, and they, you know, true, true media and pro football folks, they kind of pare it down, but obviously it's a little bit more integral if you ask coaching staff, players, whatever. Um, is cover three, which the 49ers did, and they got put 44 on they, on their heads. <laughs> um, quarters coverage, which is probably what the Bengals have done to the highest degree, at least so far. But again, you know, the Chiefs had the ball in the lead with Travis Kelsey halfway down the field uh, before yeah. he fumbled, which again, come up and rally and see if you can get a turnover. Or cover one, which is what the Raiders tried to do a little bit with some man behind it. And, like, again, that worked for a half. Um, Like, the Broncos do a decent job of saying, hey, we're going to blitz and we're going to play zone. They are probably instructional for a lot of teams um, who might play the the, the Chiefs in the postseason. Like, by the way, um, Jaguars tried to do a little bit of cover three. When the Chiefs weren't turning the ball over, it didn't work. Um... (laughs) Josh, the next sentence in the story is uh, Mahomes led the league in 
passing yards, 5,250, and touchdown passes. So, good luck. They're, That's the thing. It kind good, of feels like the good, answer is good luck. Good luck. Like because like I I kind of like the idea of like all right, what if you what if you show them quarters like a, a lot? Then Jared the becomes, Chiefs have too, then Jared McKinnon becomes really important. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Chiefs have too much they can use to stretch out those first like five or eight yards or whatever, and then you're let, let's say McCole Hardman is suddenly back, and now they're they're you know getting ready to to show you cover four, and he's running these little jet motions. Maybe he's getting the ball, maybe he's not, but either way, he's going to be over there about five yards past the line of scrimmage with nobody near him, and he's either going to have the ball at that point, or he's about to get it. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know how anybody sticks to this offense with any sort of consistency when they're, do, when they're just executing their own stuff, right. which I know is a little bit of an oversimplification because it hasn't all been easy this year, but to the point, going back to like the idea of the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoff picture and the longest tenured AFC head coach in the playoff picture and all of that. I just don't, I don't know how you, how you scheme back at this offense at this point, especially when we all know that there's stuff they're going to do next weekend that we have not seen them do this year, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the quarterback who's obviously played in two Super Bowls, who's played in four AFC championship games, has been presented two high safeties, eight man back, obviously a blitz, exotic blitzes, um, and then obviously the more conventional stuff. Dude's got to get home, man. That's got to. That's that's, that's to. the game. Dude's got to get home because the quarterback and the coach have seen way too much. And yep. to your point, Josh, they have plenty of which to counteract it. And then maybe. Um, like last year in the second half, it comes down to just poor execution. But if dudes aren't getting home and there's not enough poor execution moments, this is why this is important that Mahomes is is wildly the the most experienced quarterback. Because, you know, you may you may get to a point where, hey, that works for a quarter or that works for a half, but it might not it still might not be enough because um of the pairing that the Chiefs have to their advantage before, again, any of this starts with us not really knowing who they're going to play next week. Also, just like to overreach all the way to the Super Bowl, the favorites to meet Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl are Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Like just in the in the terms of what that adds to you. Now, Kyle Shanahan has seen a lot. Yep. Um, Sirianni, not as much, although he's obviously, that whole coaching staff's done a great job. Done a great job. Uh, it's just fascinating, and honestly, this is the type of thing that I'm makes me also just glad for the playoffs to be here, which I'm I'm guessing that coaches feel similarly at sometimes, but for us in particular, whenever there's just a game, we can we can dig in a little more. Like I they were I can't remember which edition of the athletic football show this was on, but I've been continuing to just crush it this season, and they were just talking about. Uh, how you counterpunch the Niners defense. And they mentioned that what the Chiefs did against the Niners and mm-hmm. it made me think, hey, here's what you can keep doing against the Niners if that Super Bowl rematch comes around is you have to punish them for their aggressiveness. Yep. And that's a real just like, that's one little bullet point. But the idea of kind of getting into the weeds of of some of the, the matchup points and all of this I'm excited for, right now we can't do it for any particular defense because we don't know who it's going to be yet, uh, which is why we get to go to a mailbag in the second half. I know you're writing about the pass rush, Nate. That'll be on the Athletics shortly, probably Friday. Yep. Uh, we just we should just talk about it on Monday also when, when Seth is here because I imagine he's yeah. going to write about some pass rush element at some point by then too. Uh, and we got good questions today. So uh, I want to start with this one though from Alex. From Alex Gable on Twitter. 
playoff team mascot battle royale who wins. <laughs> now I don't know that I know all, all of the mascots. mascots yeah, let me suits, Google this. But real I, quick. I know well, I know I know the team names, and so that's right. what I was thinking. I was going with that interpretation of of mascot um, <laughs> because they're all humanoid. Once oh, they Freddy get the, the Falcon! Suit, right? Oh, give him an edge in the AFC Championship game. Freddy the Falcon. <laughs> So, but let's let's go like with team name yes. mascot, you know, because okay. I think there's a little more variety in that. You don't you don't you and, don't have you don't have faith in Casey Wolf. I know I do. I actually really do. Um, I one of my core childhood memories was watching Casey Wolf uh, body slam. I think a Chargers <laughs> fan on the field. Uh, I saw a picture of that again recently because it was like an avatar of a. Oh uh, man! The account I created when I was like twelve, whenever that was. I don't know. So no, I I fundamentally do believe in Casey Wolf. Um, but if we just look, and we're not going matchup by matchup here, right. we just we can kind of Seahawk. That's not a big enough bird, unfortunately. Nope. There, uh, a Forty Nine er with a pickaxe, I think, is going to have a chance of hitting that Seahawk. Right? We got a human being that makes things difficult. Yes. Sure. What is a Charger? I don't know. It, a bolt? You can't claim. I mean, what if it, yeah, what if the lightning bolt misses? Now what? Exactly. And do you just have one of those? I mean, it's Chargers plural, but they're not the lightning storm. Go or even the Chargers. Lightning. I don't Go. know. <laughs> Uh, the Bills. Now, look. If you just get every every like human dude named Bill, that is a huge number of people you could have on your side. If we're thinking Big Buffalo, hard to bring down. Yeah, don't want to get in front of. Nope. Dolphin. I, I yeah. enjoy your work, Dolphins, but not providing a lot here. I mean, the Dolphin got kidnapped in Ace Ventura. Case That's close. A, exactly. Case close. Exactly. You're not gonna kidnap a Jaguar. Whew. But a Bengal tiger is definitely going to be bigger than a jaguar, to my understanding. Maybe not as agile. I think jaguars can climb and stuff. But in the big cat conversation, that's where we're at there. Raven, even smaller bird. But then we get into some really difficult things beyond that. So I'm, I'm saving four that I haven't yet mentioned. Where are you at right now, Battle Royale, on just sort of like those those animals? Take the 49er out of it. Uh, I would do I would do the Bengal probably. I think that's right. I think I that's, think that's yeah, yeah. the way to go. Yeah. Um, Eagle also just you know cool bird, just not gonna beat a tiger. There's that's just not gonna happen. And then Although, we have your your humanoid ones. Yes. And and this one I this one becomes complicated because I don't know if they get to keep the tools that they come with, <laughs> or if it's you know you just gotta extrapolate what you assume about prospectors. Uh, or Cowboys, Buccaneers, Chiefs a little touchy. I'm not exactly sure we're going to go with that one. Doesn't matter. I think they're probably going to go with one that uh, has something like a cowboy with a gun. Yep. Vikings, historically well known for their, their toughness. But we have to define Giants. Because I I think <sighs> what happens here is that my Super Bowl... <laughs> Is probably Bengals Giants. Mine would be Bengals Cowboys. Um, I, I have I have a lot of respect for the Vikings, but what what happens in in, in a warm climate? And yeah, for the Buccaneers, what happens when y'all on land, dog? Yeah, good point. Good so point. I think you know Buccaneers are already like probably missing a leg. You know, got a peg leg situation. <laughs> are also distracted by gold. <laughs> Easily distracted by gold. Maybe only one eye with a patch. I mean, there's just it. 
the, the Buccaneers are like Mike Williams out there right now. You just you don't know about their health. They need some time. They're like Mike Williams and Seth. Uh, we just got a statement from Lamar Jackson via Twitter, Josh. Oh my God, did we really? I was. It's not good. Royale. It's not good. Uh, Lamar Jackson says, "Thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process, which we know. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain." On the borderline of a sprain three. Yikes. Um, If anybody knows what that means. Uh, there's still some inflammation uh, surrounding my knee, and my knee remains unstable. Yep. Shut it down for the season, Lamar. Yep, we'll, we'll see at the negotiating table. I'm still in good spirits as I continue to, as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give a hundred percent of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. So that's a wrap. Yep. And I also, also kind of also interestingly enough, Lamar put this out. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. When because they play Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Sunday night. night game. So basically, he knows that like the Bengals. The, the game plan's done. Like they they're not going like it's already in place. Obviously divisional things like, you know. I I appreciate that he actually uh let everybody know his situation. So, you know, just one just wanted to uh just wanted to update everybody of this. Um I also love reading tweets in real time for a podcast that will be listened to much later. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, I would say Cowboys, I don't know how you define a giant, but if they can withstand some horses and some gunfire. I mean, I think you got to give them the edge, Josh. It Gunfire is a good question. I mean, that's the thing. is The cowboy has a gun, the giant is big, and the Bengal is a tiger. But I, I think we we agree that, wow, so is the NFC East? Is the NFC East just really the, that's the division of death in the mascot <laughs> game? You got a bird, and then I, if you, I mean, if the commanders ever make it, I don't know if they get like a tank or something now. Yeah, that, that, uh, they have NATO behind them. <laughs> yeah, that, one, that one's gonna be hard to hard to come by. Okay, they well, have that, they I have this like thing called the red button, and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we gave that uh, I think the appropriate amount of time that it deserved, and uh, now we can we can shoot through some others here from Brett Parker. Which players might have a bigger playoff impact than they did in the regular season? We don't have to get a bunch of them, but is there anybody that? That jumps to mind for you where you go, ah, oh, yeah, this this here is where this guy's coming out. Sky Moore is the one that you've been teasing Ooh. for six months, so I'll go ahead and say that one and just hope I'm right. <laughs> Which wasn't the one that came to mind first. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's the right answer. It's just the one that I want to be true. So a player that I think will have a bigger impact in the postseason than they had in the regular season. Is this excluding Kadarius Tony? <laughs> um... I think just for the show that we do, yes. Yes. Because okay. we, assume that, we assume that people listened last week when I think I said he was going to Canton. Uh, I'm going to say Trip McDuffie because he only played half the season yeah. when you really think about it. And he matters. And he's really good. And um, I assume similar to last year with Nick Bolton, it's hard playing. It's hard being a rookie in this league. Where it's like, Nick, what did you need to get better on? I dropped two interceptions in the AFC Championship game. Yep. Cool, man. Cool. Cool. Yep. So I don't know if like it's it's 
I know they work on like catching the ball drills uh, for the DBs, but like they're rookies, so like yeah, I don't know if Trim and Duffy will have like um, a game-changing interception. Uh, he could have had an interception last week against the Raiders. It did not go well. Um, but outside of that, he's always in the right place. So I think he, I think he has, I think he matters. Maybe not from a statistical standpoint, but hey, uh, at least the quarterback will be like that dude's next to that dude, and then if he's thinking that, maybe Chris Jones or whoever um, presents the pressure uh, to to help the Chiefs defense, you know, be stable and again complimentary on defense. Uh, there are a bunch. Sorry to do this and just say a lot of people ask about this one. They're not giving anybody credit, but a lot of questions about the receiving core in general. Um, Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez Valdez Scantling next year. If you think they'll be on the team. Uh, and oh, there was one that I did just scroll. Oh, oh, and several people asking about DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what happened today, but I, at one point I opened Twitter and and Chiefs Twitter was about DeAndre Hopkins, which like is cool in theory with me. But uh, I don't. He want, he I wants, saw some odds that like some book was like, oh, he most the favored team to sign him this offseason is the Chiefs. I saw that too. I don't um, know that that knows anything. It just. Uh, that one was weird. It just sort of popped up like DeAndre Hopkins is basically printing a red jersey right now. Um, so uh, I think MVS will be on the team next year. Um, Juju is the real question mark. I think that can go a number of ways. If Juju, like this is this is where it gets really tricky, I think from a fan's perspective, but I'm just going to try to inform you guys. If Juju Smith-Schuster plays well, if he's like, you know, just dominate in the middle of the field if he's really good in the red zone because obviously attention's paid to Kelsey. Uh, his market raises significantly because everybody watching these games, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if he has, you know, if he plays well in the, I don't know, championship game and Super Bowl, um, and if they win, there's a real there's a real Super Bowl tax. That is, that is legitimate, kids. That ain't, you know, that ain't some narrative that is just brought up like um and at his age yeah he's he uh, he's it's it's hard to project with Juju Smith despite him saying you know it within addition I should say not despite in addition to him saying that obviously he's enjoyed his time in Kansas City and he sees the value of what he brings to this offense um on DeAndre Hopkins y'all he a, he wants a new deal, so we need to talk to this man first. Um, mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> by the way, I watched Hard Knocks the whole season, y'all. All night. I gave, I dedicated nine hours of my life and forced my wife to do the same thing <laughs> <laughs> to watch the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but I love the show because it does humanize the, the players and it does give you insight uh, as to like again just what that organization is going through as it gets ready for its off season. A, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended. B, mm-hmm. kind of in and out of the lineup. C, kind of getting old, dog. D, you want a new contract. So a lot of things would have to change between now and then. Um, I think the Chiefs in some ways are favored in that because in terms of the odds, just because it's hard to project their receiving room, which is why the question is so relevant and pertinent. And I totally understand because we, you know, it's not like you can just roll it year over year. And like, by the way, like, it's easy to see what Jacksonville's doing because if the guy who's suspended this year is good next year and yeah. get into year two with Doug Peterson, whoo, you might want to get the Jaguars now. Um, So it's hard to project what the Chiefs situation is going to be knowing that they don't have a top 10 
top 20 pick to go get a receiver and also knowing that they have a quarterback that is a destination for veteran receivers and has proven he's a destination for veteran receivers. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it without Tyreek Hill before. Well, you don't have to worry about that now. Um, So I think that's part of the equation as to why the Chiefs are so high in the odds. Um, And they will have cap space this year, but do you want to allocate that cap space to DeAndre Hopkins or Juju Smith-Schuster? Think about that as you're considering DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, a couple of uh, another recurring theme popping up in a question from Owen asking, is Seth better at making a tombstone pizza than Chris Jones is at playing football? And then uh, Taylor asks, <laughs> what's the process of cooking a tombstone pizza to perfection? Uh, Seth says he's the Patrick Mahomes of making tombstone pizza. And I just don't understand how um, since <laughs> Seth's not here. What I'll, what I'll, uh, what I'll tell you is that actually Seth has confided in me personally that he hates tombstone pizzas. He doesn't actually enjoy them. Sometimes he'll buy them just to post pictures on Twitter, and then he just flings them into his backyard where they freeze on impact because he lives in Minnesota. Um, and since he's not here to refute that, what I just said is all true. All true. true. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, uh, no more questions. <laughs> oh, oh, so God. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I will expand the, uh, the previous question we already talked about, MVS, but also Zach Eisen asks about Frank Clark and Clyde edwards Lair's likelihood of being on the roster in 2023. I'll have more about Frank Clark at a later time. And who was the other Excellent. person? Clyde. Ah! It doesn't really make sense to cut him <sighs> no, financially is no. where I'm at. And you, everyone here knows how I felt about that pick and largely feel about the player and the backfield right now. I just don't think it makes sense to cut him. So I guess, the, I guess my question to you, Josh, for this answer is, would you hold on to Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the final year of his rookie deal with the, obviously the fifth-year decline? Or what would it take for you to trade him just before mm. the regular season starts, just before cut-down day, which is like yeah. usually August 31st? Um, if there's, say, and you, you hate this, you never, you know, but this is obviously how some of this works. Let's say three running backs of quality have – significant injuries in camp or preseason mm-hmm. um what will i guess would you just let him play it out as as like the fourth year of his rookie deal or would you um expediate a trade knowing that it's a future pick in 2024 i i would take what i could get because i i know that i'm not bringing him back beyond that year i also could see him playing a reasonable role in this offense next year that mm-hmm. benefits the chiefs if it's because if the room is another year older, Jarek McKinnon, which yep. might just mean he gets better, but I'm just saying, and Pacheco being clearly the guy, they could find a role for Clyde, even if he's Ronald Jones this year. I mean, that. Yeah, if that's what the cards end up playing out, I n- neither of those things would bother me. We, we have cleared my real window of concern, which was picking up the fifth year option in a contract that he obviously shouldn't get. I think that that boat that that ship has sailed. So I um, I would be taking phone calls. I'd be taking phone calls leading up to the draft to see if anybody's anybody's curious. But. All right, Josh, we got two fifth round picks. You want one of them? You want the worst of the yep. of the five fifth round picks? Sure. Yep, okay, I'll take it. Okay, just 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 so fans know, put it down on January twelfth of our Lord's two thousand twenty three. Don't you go crazy when Clyde Edwards Alaire, a former first round pick, is traded for a fifth, sixth, or seventh. I will be insufferable on Twitter for the 48 hours following that. Okay. Um, that's a, that is one of the conditions for me 
is uh, it's a conditional fifth round pick. One of the conditions is that I have 48 hours to be really obnoxious <laughs> on Twitter. Not that I've ever needed permission to do that before. Right. I, um, I wonder how 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 uh, how people will respond to this when they're like, "Isn't this just Josh?" This is right. It would be indiscernible, but I would know that it was like extra spicy. Uh, yeah, just oh, Seth. Seth, Seth, Seth. Uh, we uh, we got a. a Tweet from Evan asking about a standout performer. I think we kind of gave those in in terms of uh, who's this year's Jarek McKinnon. I, I'm I'm maybe hoping for Sky Moore. I actually believe in Kadarius Tony. You mentioned Trent McDuffie. I, I feel like that kind of covers it. Yep. Um, from David, one reason why the Chiefs will make the Super Bowl this year, and one reason why they won't. Um, I can I can go ahead and put on the. I think I think I got one for both. Um, okay. On on my side, I think. I'm going to just say it as a statement of fact that it's like Jeopardy where it's actually maybe it's a, a question. The reason they won't make the Super Bowl is because the pass rush that we saw these last couple of weeks, and specifically against the Raiders, was more about the opponent than the actual unit. And if they uh, and they will make the Super Bowl because that's not true. And it is a legit. Hey, that's that. I think for me, not just to tease your story tomorrow. Yeah, that's the only place on this team where the needle can move, I think, because I know how good the offense is. I, I know what I expect from the defensive backs. The, the pass rush is the unknown for me. Yes, the Chiefs will make the Super Bowl because they stopped turning the football over because they actually ah, good. It, That's awesome. yeah. they actually uh, enhanced their level of concentration, obviously, for the biggest moments of the season. Uh, so that's how they'll make this. This is to make the Super Bowl, right? Or is it to win it? I can't remember now. Uh, it was just to make it. To yeah. make it, yeah. To make the Super Bowl, which I think is important and instructional because obviously we've seen what happened with the Bills and the Bengals. Hey, those, those turnovers kind of mattered towards the outcome. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw a 50-50 ball uh, in the end zone to start the Bills game. Uh, so they got no points out of that. That became an interception. And then obviously Travis Kelsey's fumble was the only turnover in the game and really the last sort of turning point in the second half of that game. Um, the reason they won't make the Super Bowl that is not turnover related because obviously that's what <laughs> you think I'm a you think I'm gonna become a 1990s NFL analyst on NBC or Fox <laughs> or CBS? No, I would never do that to you. They'll win if they don't turn the ball over, and they'll lose if they do. Back I would never do that, Joe Gibbs, <laughs> in the mid 1990s on NBC. <laughs> Oh, the reason I know that is because I am going through one of my favorite times of the year, which is January, leading up to the new playoff games. Let's go through all the ones that I remember as a kid. Light it up. That 1995 Niners-Cowboys game. Woo! Um, anyway. So, one of the all-time greats playing quarterback in that one, and also <laughs> quarterback. I do. I, I mean... God, guys, it's like we have it's like we have chemistry, but we don't even have to say things on the field. We just we just know That's one right. another. We um, have we have Mahomes and Kelsey uh, chemistry specifically when it comes <laughs> for me finding ways to bleep talk Troy. Aik. Um, so the reason they won't make the Super Bowl is because Joe Burrow will officially become a problem, and I already think he is, but Ooh. it'll be certified. And what, oh, I, man. Okay. what I mean by that is, I think Joe Burrow right now is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. And I know mm. that when mm. the MVP voting comes out, it'll likely go Mahomes and either Hurts, Allen, or Allen Hurts. Cut that out. 
The better quarterback right now is Joe Burrow. It is terrifying how good he is if he's not getting sacked, if he's not getting pressured. Now, of course, the Bengals have some issues with their, I think, the right side of their offensive line. It's a little shaky. They got some injuries. Um, that is where they can be exploited. If they're not playing a team, that is also being quarterbacked by a player not named Lamar Jackson. I'm going to say it here. Take a deep breath. And, and, and hold on for dear life. I think the, I think the Bengals are going to go to Buffalo and win. I'm I, I I've I've seen enough guys. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase is better right now than Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Mixon and P Ryan are a mm-hmm. better running back duo than the Bills had. I know. Oh, God, it is going to be soul-crushing if the Bills lose to the Bengals at home in the divisional round with a chance to potentially play the Chiefs in a neutral site, or I guess now Atlanta, for the Super Bowl, when this has been the best Bills team that has ever been put on pen to paper and player to field in the history of that organization. I know the Bills went to the Super Bowls in the 90s. They would absolutely cook them boys outside of maybe not being able to tackle Thurman Thomas. With that all said, (laughs) I just think they don't have Vaughn Miller and like Jordan Poyer's coming off an injury and like Tredavious White. I'm not saying he's at the cliff, but he's not in excellent form either. So like, (laughs) like, so. They're going to have to be really emotionally and, and like, I mean, Josh Allen, put a cape on, dog. Don't put a cape on this week. Put a cape on next week. But put the cape on and do something about it because I just think I just think Joe Burrow's the best, second best quarterback in the AFC. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's, I don't, I know there's an argument, but I, they've won 10 in a row. Is that right? Something like that? Something crazy. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now Burroughs looked like a machine back there. He's playing like a young Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Been sitting on that one for a little bit. Can they uh, look? I'm a, here's a, here's Joe a, Burrow, a, fact check. Joe Burrow is slightly <laughs> older than Stetson. Stetson Bennett. Bennett that's Burrow's twenty six. Bennett's twenty five. Oh, I just wanted to Snopes fact check myself before anyone else did. Can I, somebody? I can somebody get? Speaking of speaking of. Um, Stetson Bennett, can somebody get this message to the uh, Brock Bowers family? Yes, yes. Don't, don't, don't play another snap, son. No, not no. another single one. I, I have already favorite. tried to convince the Chiefs, like, could they if they could spend a draft pick on his rights this year and then Do just it. wait a year, I would Do be thrilled. It. Whatever it takes, I don't oh, care. I thought my heart was was set on Caleb Williams. Don't have to play another snap. Although I would love to see you do it next season for USC. Because um, you know that defense ain't getting no better. So them games is going to be shootouts. And whoo-wee. I love a good Saturday shootout with USC involved. But also, he's now been replaced by... I, Josh, this is no lie. And I've told this to some friends already. I... The only time I was excited and or hyped during that national championship game on Monday yes. was when they said, oh, he'll be back next year. And I said, what? <laughs> what? Because, <laughs> of, of course, guys, I can't call, I can't follow college football in the NFL at this at this rate. I, yeah, my family much. would my family would not be thrilled. Um, but I, I 
again, I just kind of swoop in and swoop out, and I'll see you guys in, at the combine. I thought I was going to see Brock Powers at the combine this year. I want son, the Chiefs. Son, get done enough. You ain't you you never lost in college. Don't take another snap. I know coach would be upset with that. I know I know you the you you actually the man on campus because like Stetson gonna be up out of here. But also, like they got a six eight freak who plays the same position as you, and he need them snaps. Not you. We know what you can do. Don't yeah, play he's not another. even the biggest tight end in that room. Correct. Who was also terrified on Monday? <laughs> I want so the look, Chiefs to look, son, break they gonna, rules they gonna be to get Brock Bowers or Marvin Harrison Jr. Three I want them to commit football crimes. crimes. <laughs> crimes. White collar and blue collar crimes. All the co- I don't get red collar. Does that mean? Does that mean something violent? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. know what that would mean. But I'm but, prepared. But that's just look, look, son. You ain't got to play. I, I literally was like, Chris Fowler, you are lying to me. And I looked it up, and I was like, Holy smokes, he's a sophomore! Unbelievable. Uh, I've we let's. Uh, I'm gonna try to get us into a lightning round to to get through a couple more here. Um, both uh, Chris Jackson and Maple Chiefs ask about McCall Hardman, what his role could be. I mentioned his name earlier. Uh, Maple Chiefs is pitching a play with a double jet sweep where he and Tony cross paths Ooh. in the backfield. One of them gets the ball first, and the other one pitches it to the other one as they cross paths. I would like to see this only yes. with those two human beings. I don't want to see any other football team try to run it, but I would watch McCole Hardman and Canarius Tony do it. Uh, what do you see in the the abridged form? Wh- what do you see uh, with McCole Hardman's return? And also, are you willing to bet on McCole Hardman's return yes. uh, as his whole process has been kind of up and down? Yeah, I mean, unless he has another setback, which has happened earlier, um, but it was, you know, a minor setback. And, um, look, I think the Chiefs just weighed it out and said, we could beat the Raiders without you. So, like, let's let's just, if we win, we give you even more time. Um, so, I think that's the plan. Um, yeah, I, even if he's not 100%, he's still McCall Hartman. He's still super-duper fast. So, like, he's going to get attention, and deservedly so, because he was effective before he had this injury so i think he plays um and yeah um the chiefs know that they become even more dynamic if he's on the field and can be productive even for just a couple snaps like when no one's asking mccall to get 100 yards it's just man there are going to be other one-on-one matchups or other areas of the field to exploit just because um if he's functional if he can be productive in moments um it'll help the chiefs even that much more uh, here from Tyler, do you think the Chiefs put, I wanted to read this partially because this is my favorite new name for it. Do you think the Chiefs put ring around the Rosie, jet to Pat to Tony on tape in week 18 for fun, like uh, Travis said at the podcast, or will we see a variation of it in the postseason with more wrinkles? Both. I think I think they did it because it's just another formation that you have to talk through from the opposing defense uh hey they, they were in this personnel group this down a distance here's what they did here's how we would sort of id it if they do the around the rosier if they don't um you know who who would be the you know what would be our keys here and then of course yeah they put it on tape so that they could do something off of it like yeah they <laughs> like hey here's how the raiders did it so if we think the other team will either a do it similarly or b do it slightly here's how we're going to counter their counter um, I don't know if we'll see it necessarily. Um, 
but yeah, they put it on tape so that they potentially could use it again um, in a more important game. Uh, okay, I got one serious one, then one silly one, and then we'll get out of here. Of course, we did not get nearly as deep into the mailbag as I thought we would, because that's how this show always goes. And I, I want to keep making some time to do this once we get to the off season and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to do this more often. Um, but oh god, I clicked the funny one so I would keep it open, and then I <laughs> oh the serious one is like so a couple people asked about Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he's he's not coming up in interview requests at this point. Not uh, yet. Obviously, the Chiefs are still playing, so yeah, I don't know if that if that leaves the door open from what you're seeing there, but. Um, the, the rap, real rapid fire on this one. If you could, Nate, um, is he going to get a job? And, and if not, is, is he going to have to do something different in the near future to get back on the radar, which feels like a very silly thing to say? Yeah. I don't love the idea of like becoming an, an offensive coordinator elsewhere. Cause like, yeah, why would going you? to the Cardinals to coordinate there why, for why you would know, you? whoever. The, the why would you leave Patrick Mahomes? Why? Why? <laughs> Why? You're making good money. You're having success. Uh, one of these owners won't be an idiot all the time, right? Or like they'll eventually, come, someday. I mean, probably, somebody's right? gonna like you know give you a chance. Um, so I don't, you know, he's he's basically denied, um, both in public and I think in private conversations that like he's not really super interested in doing college right now, which I get it. Um, he wants to be an NFL head coach. All right, cool. So like, here's what I would say. Um, he hasn't been interviewed yet. Uh, I'm, I, I have a decent idea that he will be interviewed by some teams in this cycle. Now, the cycle is a little bit different than in years past because you have a larger window to interview these coaches. You don't have to hire them before the playoff starts or obviously the league, you know, tried its best. And I don't want to get into the minutia of it or the particulars, but basically like the league has tried to tell owners like, hey, we know you need to have your staff in place at the combine. We get that. The combine also is not before the Super Bowl. You don't have to hire your coach before the Super Bowl. Like go through a more um through a more thorough process instead of just like, you know, I not every coach is going to be Sean Payton. It's basically what the NFL is trying to tell its owners. Hey, if it's Sean Payton, we get it. All right? He got a proven track record. We know he's good at this. But some of these other dudes like you don't have to like rush you ain't got to rush the marriage um, or rush the wedding date. Um, two teams that I think kind of make sense for Eric Bieniemy: The Cardinals, because, you know, and the Colts, because, I mean, the Colts, like, who, who wants that job? <laughs> it is, and we know it's not going to be the Texans. The Texans will actually try this time. Although, Lovey Smith... Um, God, man, why do they do that to Lovey? I don't know. It's too serious now. But I think I think the Colts, because AFC developing quarterbacks, obviously Jonathan Taylor, you know, uh, he's he's still around. You know, like um, they still probably want to be an offensive minded team, based on my understanding. So like that sort of suits them. And then you know, um, if you're going to run an offense that is about a quarterback who's from the air raid, who's you know, all those translatable things, even though. Obviously, one quarterback is better than the other so far. Then, yeah, maybe you, maybe you, maybe Arizona would be a a, a suitable option uh, because they 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 still have to be offensive minded because like everything depends on how Kyler does coming off his knee injury. And last one here from Christian: If there were stats available for every aspect of your life, what's one stat you'd? Want I saw to see? this. Oh 
one step. I've thought about this see. for a very oh. long time, just like in my life. I've had this thought before because of you know the aforementioned video games and all that. I love the <laughs> idea of some final stats. I'd, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get those before I log off. Um, but I don't feel like I have an awesome answer. Like this is one of the. I'm stalling here for both of our sakes, but one of the uh, little perks of the uh, the diabetes that. I didn't necessarily opt in for, uh, but one of the one of the perks is that like I do know what my blood sugar is all the time, and I yes. can also like ha- have an average of it for a, the week and the month and all of that. And I like stats, so that's kind of cool. Um, we already can track our steps pretty easily. Obviously, yes. it doesn't go back to our birth or whatever. Um, and there are some I'm afraid to find out, you know, like, I, I think I'd feel pretty bad about total time sleeping, total time in the bathroom, total time scrolling Twitter. God, that would be depressing. Maybe that one might turn my life around if I saw that one. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't feel like I have a great, like, fun answer. Um, I've got, I got a couple that I'm, I'm swishing around. Do you feel like you've got one? Yes, but you can go first. Uh, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of debating. Oh, a little okay. Bit. So if you, if you've got a, a barn burner, I want to hear it. All right. So in terms of statistical production or lack thereof, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I, 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 I go back to like, um, I would love to have a, a, a plus, uh, an on-off <laughs> statistic. Ooh. Um. And what I mean by that is, uh, Holly earlier today was like, so wait, you had this, uh-huh, and you just, you had that earlier, uh-huh, and now you're having this, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. on the bye week, yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, I would love to have an on-off of this is what you do when you have four to five shots of espresso. Yeah, and this is what you do when you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Um, not necessarily like mood, but just like what you accomplish. Because um, I've given my life to espresso, just like I've given my life to Christ, guys. <laughs> well, that's the title of the episode, right? I mean, my God, that's. I wish Seth was here for that. <sighs> Somebody tell him. <laughs> Somebody's got to send him this clip, please. But I like, think the closest like, I got was like, I'd, I would like a food Pokedex, basically. Oh. Like, if I've if I've eaten a certain type of food, yes. I, can, I get to, you know, color in the box or whatever, and then I can see how many hamburgers I've had. <laughs> or just like, oh, I finally had... A vegetable! Like, I don't, I don't know. Oh, a single vegetable! <laughs> no, like, I don't, I don't know what... It would be nice to just be able to work through, you know, and kind of say, oh, I, I guess I've never had pho. I should I should go do that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I got That's a lot of food-based oh, that, ideas. That is, yeah, that is a really good one because, yeah, like you want a balanced meal or if you want to get to balance or if you want to increase or decrease. Yeah, that that is How many times have good. I had fajitas? Like, yeah, I've had exactly. It's a lot. Exactly. But I've had a lot of fajitas. What have I, eat, what have I eaten the most of in my life? I don't know. I, how far Ooh. back do I have to go before like the the math starts changing? What have I eaten the most in my adult life? How much cheese have I eaten since becoming diabetic? <laughs> Pounds, I assume. <laughs> These are the questions that that haunt me. Yes, uh, and it's a great question there from yes. uh, from Christian. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is excellent. But yeah, uh... maybe it's just maybe it is just a Pokedex for like animals I've seen or. Mm. Touched? I don't think I want it to be that because now I'm going to the zoo like with the idea that I'm going to hop into the rhino exhibit and that's bad. 
So maybe it's just like uh, now, now. Now I'm just bird watching though. That doesn't seem very fun. That's a good question from Christian. I don't. Thank you. I don't Christian. think I have. I, yeah, I, I just I the right answer. I'm yeah, it's more thought. Right. I mean, just more like obviously we all want to figure out what we actually dedicate our lives to, and it's like, yeah, was that the best yeah. choice that day? I uh-huh. mean, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. The here, the thing that just sort of hit me is that I've, in most circumstances, I think most stats that I see, you know, again after the fact, would probably be more depressing than affirming. Right, because those how many that, hours podcasting? How many hours listening to podcasts? How many hours of not sleeping? Um, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I love the people who who are. I'm actually, I actually admire the people who are like, this is my sleep schedule. This is what the sleep stats. God, dude, me. I've this been is trying, get, man. This is how I get I've, better at that. This is how I don't. Oh. Uh, you know, this is this is what gets me into a deeper sleep. Um, yeah, man. But espresso's got me, and it ain't never gonna let me go because you know. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's a joy. It's a joy being a parent. Just give me more coffee. I tell you what, we're at the hour and ten minute mark here. So anyone who's listening this far is probably down to try to help on this. If anybody listening has like a great sleep tracking app or something, they're like, oh yeah, this I I was uh, a garbage person like you <laughs> until I downloaded this app, and now I sleep six hours a night and I wake up feeling refreshed every day. I'd love, please do tweet me about that. Feel free to at me. I'm on my, like, I've gone through a bunch of apps and do I wear my Apple watch or not? And how do I, I'm on a new alarm app that I have to do math to get it to turn off now. Mm. That's where I'm currently at, which can't be great for Renee because I'm not getting that math done incredibly quickly. It's kind of the point, you know, get your brain working or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, my, my transition from a night person to a morning person has been a very long one and I'm still 90% a night person. Someone can help me with that. I'd like to know my total hours slip, though, I think. Age will well, get, get you eventually, Josh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it might have. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess I could just wait till I get old enough to fall asleep earlier. And then we'll just fall asleep at halftime of every primetime game. That'll be that'll be good. Uh, well, we can look forward to the first half of Chargers Jags because uh, it kicks off at 7.15. And then we can, you know. Fall asleep at 9.30, wake up and read the printed paper the next morning and uh, have our black coffee and just pour it straight into our eyeballs. That's a playoff <laughs> weekend like no other. Super wild card weekend and no less. Um, I am really excited about these games. I really do love playoff football. I think yes. each of these being the standalone with the consequences of finality. Oh. I just I just hope we don't get blowouts from the teams that are trying to make it work with the less than full cupboards, uh, especially the ones that are doing it without their quarterbacks. But uh, we'll be back and do another episode, most likely on on Monday, I think. And and certainly we'll have a lot to talk about in our episodes next week. Expect to to get Seth back in the rotation shortly. Seth, uh, Nate will have a new piece up on Friday about the pass rush. You can go read about Patrick Mahomes, the old man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's up on theathletic.com right now. And if you want to bring people along to the show for the playoff run, share it, leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever to get your podcasts if you feel so inclined. And uh, I thought this was going to be a quick episode and it ended up being a long one because we got questions and you guys did all the hard work for us. Yes. So I appreciate that. Yes. And uh, we'll uh, we'll dip back in very, very soon. With that, Nate, well, as they say, time's yours. Um, Thank you, Rich fan. Uh, we shared some some messages. Uh, we didn't get to connect in Vegas, but like I always appreciate uh, people that reach out uh, ahead of road games. My guy Perry in Overland Park said hello. 
shout out to you, my guy. Um, appreciate the, the the nice words. And lastly, a a huge thank you to Vance Russell, who didn't ask a question, Josh, but did reply to my tweet, um, informing folks that yes, ladies and gentlemen, that the AFC Championship game will be played in Atlanta between the uh, Chiefs and the Bills, if that were to occur. Um, and Vance Russell said to my tweet, Josh. As long as they're not singing about Applebee's at fucking halftime. <laughs> and I inserted the uh the, the slur. Oh <laughs> so or the, the or the not the slur, the uh the expletive. Jeez. The expletive. God, I almost went a whole episode and didn't make a, a mistake with words. But you know, they pay me to communicate. Um, so Vance, I hadn't thought about that in so long. That you know, it wasn't what occurred right before halftime. It was what occurred at halftime that everybody should remember. At, to this day, I still can't believe that's what they wrote out for halftime entertainment. The song Nate, that was stuck in all our heads. And they played it for us again. And Vance remembers it almost a year to the day. Mm-hmm. Well, look, Nate, here's the good news. This year, I'm not worried about going to Applebee's and being all fancy-like. This year, I'm going to BK. <laughs> whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs>